Meanwhile, you're watching the Predator films, okay? Yeah. <laughs> about that. You got to do something that's for the TikTok fans. It's got to do it for the TikToks, right? Okay. One, <laughs> one of these things is quality entertainment. One of the other one of these things is more fun than the other so one. Much. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you. No, I don't think. I so much more fun on TikTok. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll we'll start. We this is actually this maybe is the beginning of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vetabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. And we're lucky enough to have with us Chris Schiffman, the honorary third nerd, uh, to talk with us today about Better Call Saul. Welcome, Chris. Yay. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Uh, and yeah, we are going to talk about Better Call Saul. I begrudgingly watched the, <laughs> the finale today. Ooh, and and yeah, these guys are like so... Begrudgingly? What are, what's happened? What happened totally to you? What? Who hurt you? Well, here's the thing. I was thinking about this because, yeah, I totally lost interest in this show. Like, we were, like, right before the break. And this is – I think this is part of the risk AMC takes by doing the break. And any series that does the break, this is part of it. Like, you're going to lose them. You're going to lose them, some of them, right? You're not going to keep everybody because you get out of the habit of watching it. You do something else. Um, but, yeah, I, I got out of the habit. I started on For All Mankind, which is incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and then I got into TikTok. Yeah, I'm watching a lot of stupid movies on TikTok. You, you talked about the Predator <laughs> series and stuff like that. I'm having so much fun on TikTok. It's kind of take, not taken over, but I, I would, like I say, I would probably watch a movie every day. It's, so that's it's two taken hours over your my, life. Two hours of my, uh, not really, not anything else, but it's two hours of my watching time is going to a movie. And so, yes, I did watch like Predators. Uh, what was the worst one? Was that the worst one? Yeah, probably. No, no. The worst one was the Alien versus Predator Requiem. That was the worst one. That was horrible. Uh, but anyway, I'm having fun with that. But I, I did miss you guys. I absolutely did miss you guys. I missed talking to you guys. And I did enjoy the show. I will say that. Once I did actually watch it, it was good. You're right. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, and I apologize. I'm sorry for dropping the ball. <laughs> well, we agreed before we started recording this podcast that the first part of the podcast would be teasing you for, um, for being a Saul nerd. Uh, and then hitting a wall when you came to the Predator series. But let me just say, the Predator series has one good film, and that's the first one. Oh, no. And come on. Predator 2 is good. It's, it's a dis- – oh, okay. I'll give that two and a half stars. And then after that, it's a descent into madness. It after really that. Is. And so I can understand how, um, you know, eating uh, – what, 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 what would the food equivalent be? Like Cheetos? You eat too much Cheetos, there's no room left for caviar. Right. Gotcha. Is that the, is yeah, that that's the, a great analogy. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. So, um, so, and by the way, I also wanted to say you said that uh, AMC runs the risk of losing uh, people when they when they do a break and a finale. But I do believe the audience numbers continued to grow. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken, I think they. I believe they did. I think the finale did very well. I'm sure they would be happy to do another. Uh, show by Vince Gilligan, for instance. I'm well, sure they would. That's probably some reason for the weird uh, restrictions that are now in place on these episodes. Because I did, like, as soon as I said, okay, I'll watch them, no problem. I go subscribe to AMC Plus, um, resubscribe to it because I canceled it after the break. And um, and then I can only access the last three episodes. The three, like, there were six new episodes. The three, yes, the conclusion. So the last thing I saw before the break was they killed Howard, right? That was the last thing. And then nothing. And then I couldn't see those next three episodes. And then I, so we start in. Now, it wasn't horrible. I could 
pick up what was going on. But yeah, I did pick up that not, I did not really know what happened with any of that stuff with Lalo, with Gus, with any of the, like the, like, and you got to pick up pieces of it. It is kind of cool the way it did filter through, like what happened with Howard and stuff. But yeah, you nobody really, you, you don't really know unless you actually watch the episode. So I didn't see them though, but because that is the experience that AMC has created for me. Otherwise, the only other way I could have done it was to go through torrents and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> is that is that the experience that AMC created for you, or is that the experience that Dan created for himself? <laughs> I not I, that's the experience I created by not following AMC's schedule of broadcast. I don't do that anymore. I watch stuff on my own time. I am not uh, beholden to any broadcast. I don't watch cable TV anymore. I'm done with that stuff. So yeah. And you okay. you actually reminded me of something, and maybe Chris had the same experience. I was watching. Um, the finale live here in uh, Winnipeg, and there was a, a a thunderstorm, a big thunderstorm, mm-hmm. and I kept and I kept thinking, what if the power goes out? Will I ever be able? Will they show this again? And I looked into the TV listings to see, and the answer was no. They showed it twice in a row, and at that point, it was not scheduled again. And then I thought, well, then I'll have to get uh, AMC Plus if the power goes out. And then I thought, well will i get that will it be available there so it is it 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 could have been a disaster yeah the my cable went out during the first commercial break like it had gone out during the afternoon that day internet cable and i'm like i gotta find someone who has shaw because it's mts that went out i had to find someone who has you know tv working thankfully uh there's the bell five tv tv app i could watch on there with my data so I watched like the first two minutes when it's black and white, when Saul is getting chased and then my cable came back on. And then right after the episode ended, cable went out again. And I was like, okay, I made it. I got to, I got to see everything. Otherwise I'd have to wait perhaps until the next day for like uh, TV on demand uh, through my cable provider. And which might've been better because I've never seen so many commercials crammed into an episode of a television in my, uh, Nearly 40 years of watching TV, my God, like they added like another 20 to 30 minutes of commercials to a regular, ep- I know it was a little longer, but they added so much more commercials just for that finale uh, premiere episode. How long was it from beginning to end, like just watching it live? Two hours? It went, it was almost two hours. It went to like 9.45. Okay, well, it's, so a minute, it's an hour 10 of actual runtime. Like when I watch it, it's an yeah. hour 10. So yeah, I can imagine. And every break, every commercial break, it's like, bang, cut to black. And like, what's going on? Is it the end? Like, you don't really know where it ends. But it was a very good finale. I really, really enjoyed it. Do you want to go through the last few episodes and bring me up to speed? Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened in these three lost episodes. Because well, I'm curious. Chris, you had, um, I think you said you had um, a short. Well I, well, I thought we would just kind of talk or, or give our thoughts on it. Uh, obviously, uh, Dan did not bother to watch them when he had a chance, when it was, you know, live. Uh, I thought it was a great conclusion to the, the that kind of 2004 timeline with Lalo and Gus and Mike and, and you know, finally finding finding out what happens to Jimmy and Kim, what, you know, uh, what caused their breakup or what, what happened to Kim. And... Uh, I, I thought it was it worked perfectly, and then Dan, yeah, you gotta track it down on YouTube or something. But the like ending uh, of episode, I think it's episode uh, episode ten or episode nine. The ending of episode nine is it like sums up the series. If that was the last episode you saw, you wouldn't need like you. You could argue that these last 
four weren't necessary, but the ending of that, uh, it kind of jumps forward to when Saul is now finally Saul Goodman. And you get to see his life, his everyday, uh, his, his like TikTok of like, this is what I do every morning before I go to work, just following him along with his day. And as it's such Saul a- good. As Saul Goodman. As, as Saul Goodman, yes. Yeah. He's 100%, uh, you know, as soon as he wakes up, he's like, all right, he's wearing his mask, he's on, he's, he's playing Saul. And uh, just to, to see that and uh, to cap off what we've seen the last six years, um, um, Jimmy McGill to now finally see him become Saul. It's so striking and it's such a gut punch and it's so bittersweet because when, you know, eight years ago, we wanted to see a, a Saul Goodman spinoff. We wanted to see the character again. And then they made us uh, fall in love with the Jimmy McGill character and his universe of people. Uh, we didn't want to see Saul Goodman, right? Like there was that kind of like, oh, it would be great. I'm liking what Jimmy's doing, his antics, whatever he's doing, his adventures, cuts to Saul Goodman in his uh, all his glory. He's doing his like TikTok of like, this is what I do every day while I get ready for work and just showing how he's uh, he's just on as soon as he wakes up. And it's such a striking um, image or just all the, all, all the footage of just seeing him now being full Saul Goodman after years and years of seeing him as Jimmy McGill. And uh, it, it, that, uh, you know, this is what we wanted uh, eight years ago when the show was talked about, when it was rumored about, we wanted to see more of Saul Goodman. And what we got was Jimmy McGill. And eventually we fell in love with Jimmy McGill and his uh, his own show. And we didn't want to see Saul Goodman. We didn't want to see everything ripped away and him turning into the Saul Goodman character. So to have that to cap off that, uh, you know, we finally like, all right, it kind of wraps up the 2004 timeline that uh, we had been watching. I thought that was a, a just the whole episode was uh, amazing. And then you see that ending, like they could have ended that if, if for some reason AMC ran out of money or whatever, uh, if that was the last episode, I think the show would have been ended on a great note. But uh, the next four, I think were just kind of like bonus episodes. And uh, I also enjoyed those as well. And we started uh, with the black and white episode, the next one called Nippy. And, uh, you know, we had all, we've been talking about seeing the, like, a, a black and white episode, and we got our black and white episode. So, Chris, basically what you're saying is that I missed the best part. <laughs> it's the best episodes. Are those three episodes that uh, are locked yeah. away? Um, I liked what I saw. I got to say, those those final three episodes were really well done. Uh, the black and white did take over, although not quite how I thought thought it would, because uh, we did still see flashes of color. The color became kind of the interspersed throughout. Um, but I did like how that they did that. I did like the transitions back and forth between the two things. I liked the conversations about time travel. That was fun. I liked to see all the old faces come back again, as we did. Uh, so there was a lot of good stuff in those last three episodes. Yeah, I, I think you've probably missed three of some of the best episodes of the entire series, because obviously there's the there's the Lalo resolution, and we you know you, you know what's going to happen to these characters. We know Gus lives, Mike, Jimmy. Uh, you're pretty sure that Kim is going to live, but when uh, you'll have to see what happens. I don't. Wanna, but like it's tense. You're like, what's going to happen to Kim? Uh, and and I thought the ending of Lalo. Is as good as it can be because obviously you know Lalo has to die, uh, but still I like the whole like the whole series. They're boxed in with these limitations. They they exceed expectations uh, more so than any other like prequel has ever done. They're like, oh, that was I know Jimmy doesn't die or Mike doesn't die. It was still a great series. You, you're all, like some episodes you're like on the edge of your seat or you're like 
tense and like, how are they going to get out of this? You're like concerned and like, oh wait, they, that, you know, you doesn't matter. Like that thought leaves your head and you're just, uh, you know, focused on the show. Like what's going to happen next? Because it's shot so beautifully. The whole show is made so beautifully. So they, they that you can kind of overlook the like, you know, the narrative uh, restrictions on the, on the show itself. You're just like, oh, this is beautifully shot and everything else, sound, music, uh, the acting um, makes you forget <laughs> that like, I know how it's gonna, you know, you kind of can fill in 80% of the show. That's that last 20%, you don't know what's gonna happen. I, I remember saying, I think on one of our episodes, uh, Dan, uh, that I was really hoping we would get, I think one black and white episode. I think, I think something like that, <laughs> just one in black and white. Would they ever do something crazy like doing one episode in black and white? They gave us more than one episode and if if I have a complaint about the show, I don't really have. I have a couple little things, but that's it. Um, I would say that I could have watched an entire extra season of what Gene was up to. Um, I found I, right from the beginning those black and white fast forward scenes. Um, I found them to be so compelling and interesting, and to wonder like, where is it going? Like, where is he now? Where is he going? What's everything else that's going on that we can't see? So I would have said, hey, even more. I could have done an entire extra season or how about, um, um, seeing how, that. How about a series with Carol Burnett and uh, that guy driving the cab? Just them. And Jeff. Just, just, want goes, and Jeff. just want to see what goes on in their world. I love Carol Burnett. That was so nice oh. to see her. She was so good. And uh, and then also, we of course, we had uh, uh, Walt and Jesse back for more than one episode. Walter was in more than one episode. And Jesse was too, right? They were both yeah. in multiple episodes. So that was very cool as well. Good to see those guys back, right? Yeah, and it didn't really come across as fan service. I, hey, I might as well say my second, my one little thing that um, that bugged me during the show, but there was nothing they could do about, and that was the recasting of Jeff. Of um, He was played by another actor by, um, I can't remember the actor's name, from We Own This City, and I guess he couldn't get the contractual rights from HBO, or he was shooting it at the same time or something, so he could not portray Jeff in, in uh, this season. So what I hope they do is they go back. I, I hope maybe they've done it. Maybe they will do it, but they shoot the scene again with the different actor just for continuity's sake. But at first I thought it was almost like um, it came across like David Lynch's Lost Highway where the actor, the main actor actually changes in the <laughs> middle of the movie. And you're like, what, what's going on? Like, did I miss something? Did I blink? And so it had a little bit of that. And I thought they didn't really do I thought they might go all in David Lynch and just go and make it weird and kind of almost like a dream, uh, which they didn't do, or um, go back and change the original one, which they didn't do, and show us that just to just to sort of con contextualize it. So I think that confused some people. Yeah. Um, and I found it jar. It didn't confuse me, but I found it a little jarring. They put them in the same sweater. <laughs> sort of saying, no, 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 it's the same guy. So they put them in the same sweater. That's the only part that for me that just sort of spoiled, that got, sort of got me out of the story. Um, but everything else um, exceeded my expectations. Like, as Chris said, when uh, a, the, the secret to the prequel was the flash forwards and the compelling characters who we didn't know when we watched Breaking Bad. Like, th that really is what made that, what, what really made Better Call Saul work. And when you think about some of the prequels that we've seen in the past, I mean, there's been a billion of them, um, a billion prequels at this point. And I don't know if any other ones have ever done what Better Call Saul does, but it's just just 
a sort of a master work in how to do a prequel. Yeah, the, the Jeff character, they kind of reshot the, the taxi cab scene for like promotional, like for ads. And you're like, what? That's not his voice. That's not his eyes. And it, it, did, it was a little, you know, on the grand scheme of things, like Bob Odenkirk could have died and who knows what we would have gotten. So at the end of the day with COVID and Bob nearly dying, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take a new a new Jeff uh, actor, even though they're very like one's very small and one's very large and imposing, and so I know some fans were like, well now it's psychologically like before he's you know feels much larger than he is or is bigger than he is because he's caught him, whereas now when Jimmy switches the tables, uh, he's now small. He's like now he can he's actually how he is in real life. He's kind of uh, turned how he perceives the Jeff character because now he's in control, being friends with his mom and has a plan that's gonna like get him out of his, uh, his uh, the crisis he has right there with being caught. Um, but overall, I still think the Jeff character in the end was the worked out. Honestly, I didn't even notice. I thought I, I did not even, I'm um, oh, sorry, Chris, I thought you were done. Yeah, some people didn't notice or some people were confused or like, is that how he looked like? I couldn't remember, but Exactly. Uh, being a soul being a soul nerd, I've watched that scene a few times over the years, <laughs> waiting for the new season. Cool. Well, uh, and again, I love Carol Burnett. She was so, I was so happy when when she actually called, like, yes, yes, that's right, get him. And I was cheering for them to catch Saul. I wanted them to catch Saul. Right? He deserved to go to jail. He, I wanted him to go to jail. Um, and I, with the whole, but the whole, I was glad they brought it back to the legal stuff. That was nice to kind of have that come around. Um, and so he's in court kind of not quite the same way, different type of court, but it was nice to see that part as well. And that was all very, very compelling as well. Were you guys satisfied with the ending of this show? Chris, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I was very satisfied with it. And then because most of it was in black and white, there are were the color flashbacks that had their own like time machine thing, but just the black and white, it just kind of gave it like a timeless feel. Like this could have been in the fifties. It could have been in the seventies just because of the classic, you know, settings of a courtroom or a jail, uh, or just being on the run in the streets. Uh, there was just something about it and how it was shot that it just felt like it's supposed to be set in like 2010, early 2011. But again, it just kind of felt, could be at any like any decade, even more or less. And so I just thought it was just a beautiful, like, you know, when he's in the courtroom and when he finally admits, like confesses everything about his brother, about um, what he, you know, what he did with Walt and Jesse, and he just finally admits that he's like, yeah, I did it, and I would do it again, and I made so much money. Like that was just it was satisfying. It was only like the real like way it could end is him going to jail for his crimes and being happy. Like he obviously he would not want to go to jail, but at, you know, uh, also I think it just shows like yeah, we would all like I think would you take the seven year deal or like the eighty six year deal? A lot of us would take seven. So, but the fact that Saul is the kind of, like or Jimmy is the guy that's like, no, I'm going to face the music and uh, take my punishment. And, but also uh, get, you know, gain some of Kim's respect back a little bit and, and get to see her one more time. Cause he could have done this seven years and then never saw her again. And always felt like a pariah around her that he could never even see her one more time. She would always just would, you know, run away or ignore his phone calls. So he, you know, he's, not, not the worst uh, setup in jail. People respect him and want to hear his advice. And he's good at, you know, baking bread. And uh, 
So it's not the worst. It's not the worst situation he could be in, considering where all the fates of all the other characters uh, in this universe. Um, yeah, Kenton, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think um, I, I I'm not sure if I wanted to see a Saul caught or not, or Gene caught or not. I kind of was hoping the chase would last a little bit longer, just because he's fun when he's when his back's up, back is up against the wall and he's frantic. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like seeing how he's going to get him, himself out of it. I also thought that he, you know, uh, what Chris said, I also thought like seven and a half years is pretty compelling. Um, so could he, have had, could he have had his cake and eat it too by, by serving the seven and a half years and still uh, making the transition back to, uh, to Jimmy? And the show, you know, the show said no. The show said no. He had to, he had he had to, to make take, a choice. Yeah, right. And he had to take all the punishment uh, by doing that. Um, but I thought um, I would have been okay with him doing seven and a half years. So they did. Of course, he did hurt people. He did, and he confessed to everything that he did in that speech, including some of the things um, that they never would have caught him for for doing, like think with his brother and things like that. Well, he said like, that's not even a crime, and he's like, "Yes, it was. Like, it technically wasn't, but he thinks right. it was. He was just confessing on everything, every single thing he did." Right. And yeah. yet, and then we you see him on the prison bus and the, the Better Call Saul chant, which is great, um, and um, and the the final scene with Kim in the prison. Um, and I thought, I you know, what I like about the show also is people are still you know, asking themselves, what is this show about? What is it about? And so when I look at the show now, I think it's about, is it about the masks that human beings wear that we all wear um, to protect ourselves from past trauma or to give the people what they want or to survive? (laughs) Is it about wearing a mask? And I think you could say um, that each time that Jimmy created... Um, he created Saul as a mask to any, even when Kim comes in to sign the divorce papers and he won't even like, he just acts like it's no big deal sort of thing. And it's all a mask. It's all a big act. And you don't see him look at ease until the end of the show in prison when he is himself again, when he is uh, the person, when he is Jimmy, but he's a better version of Jimmy. Well, and also still being called Saul. <laughs> Everybody's still calling him Saul in prison yeah. because they all know him as Saul, right? And that's his own fault. He put himself out there. He had all these ads out there. That was that was awesome. Um, yeah, I want to come back to this question. What is it about? Because I have an answer for that. But before we get there, I have a question for for both of you. I'll start. We'll go to you, Chris, first. Um, would if if Kim had not shown up, would he have done that? Would he have just taken the seven year deal and gone off to um, minimum security prison, or was it her showing up there that made that happen? No, I think he still would have done the. He would have confessed to his crimes. Yeah. Because um, I, I, obviously he wanted he wanted to bring Kim there, but that was the fact that she was there was just the bonus. But I think he still wanted to, for himself. He needed to confess and have it on the record and let. If Kim's not there in person, she'll find out some other way, either through the media or if. Uh, well, uh, she found out, right? She found out. Bill Oakley, if he's right. will tell her the news or something. She would find out, you know, obviously it would make the news like, oh, he had a seven year deal. Now he's going for 86 and will be pardoned by Trump uh, in six years anyway. But um, it like you want a lawyer like him on your team. Um, no, I think he still would have done. He, he needed to do it for himself. He needed to finally stop running and 
you know, just admit his his wrongdoings. So that was, and then he didn't, but he didn't make that decision until after he found out that Kim had already confessed, that Kim had already signed and, and given that to her, yes. to Howard's widow. And so, um, so he made that decision. So she was the ice cream, basically. He, like he said, oh yeah, everything's fine. What? Well, no, I want this ice cream. <laughs> And I want to try this type. I'm sure this is a very specific real type of ice cream that's out there that they're probably thrilled that they were mentioned, or maybe it was a product placement. Uh, but uh, that was the reason why um, the whole reason why he brought everybody there was to, to do that, to confess. Hey, that was crazy. That was a great scene. That's a good scene. That, that scene actually reminded me. That's like what, uh, when the Fonz hits the jukebox and it comes on, he says, I still got it. And it was like, yeah. wait a sec, I'm in prison. This is my domain. This is the legal system in which I thrive. And so, hey, let's let's do one more. Let's have one more bit of fun at the expense of uh, the legal system or playing every loophole that we could possibly play. And I'm glad I'm glad we sort of got that last little glimpse of Saul Goodman in action because that's who he was until he realized what he needed to do. Um, I just thought, yeah, I, I agree. I think Bob Odenkirk played those scenes pretty masterfully. Like, you, you know, you could like watch his face change and you could tell w- which one of the three roles he was playing, which, which is just such a, a real trick. Um, and I also think, I like what, where Chris is going with the pardon, with Donald Trump pardoned him and <laughs> brought him on to the legal, I, because I don't think we're done with this character. I'm just going to say it. I think Odenkirk's done with him for now. Vince Gilligan's done with him for now. But I think it's too compelling. This character in prison is too compelling to stay there. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think maybe 10 years or something, um, we could have um, a Better Call Saul sequel of some kind or um, as part of another Vince Gilligan show, perhaps. I don't want Saul to be like um, Hannibal Lecter. I don't want them to go in there and... Get, get his advice or whatever. I don't want that. I want to see like the, uh, the continuing story of Jimmy and, uh, and Kim for that matter. And who knows, um, a spinoff series with Kim would not surprise me at this point. And especially in that law firm, like when she's going to that, like she's yeah. volunteering at that. Yeah. You so want to see her so try those cases, right? Or whatever, defend those people or whatever they're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, so that would be awesome. She was amazing. She was so good. And of course, I'm sure Emmy is all around for this cast. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it's the final season. They like to do that. And the performances were amazing. That that scene on the bus when she just kind of breaks down sobbing because she's realized what she's done and just everything just kind of hits her. That was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, for sure. And Carol Burnett's special guest appearance. Yeah. I think we're we're talking uh, Emmy there as well. Yeah. Um, she the, might. The, she's going to likely miss out because she's a, she appeared in too many episodes to qualify as a guest. So now she's going to be. She'd have to qualify for supporting. She's just and she'll probably get. She should. She or at least be nominated. Uh, but she'll probably lose out uh, a nomination that was she was for sure in, but she appeared in too many. Do right. the Emmy rules that you appear in more than half uh, of the season's episodes? Uh, so I think there was a te- like a technicality. She will now be uh, a guest. Would we have to be in a guest nominee or sorry, supporting nominee? That's very interesting. I that's too bad because you're yeah. right. She would have been a shoe win. Well, I, I gotta say, like, like 
is Carol Burnett enjoying kittens on the internet is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. That was so fun to watch, and she loved it, and it was, she was so good. Oh, man, it's good to see her. It really is. But did, um, didn't you know at that moment she was going to find the Saul Goodman commercials? Didn't yes, you know yes, at that yes, moment? Exactly. Yes, Everybody exactly. knew. She's, she's clicking through Except on Jimmy. YouTube. She's, well, apparently all she had to do is, is Google Albuquerque Con Man. That's all she had to do. Or <laughs> ask Jarvis, rather. Sorry, not Google. Uh, and, and that was enough to, to find out uh, who Jimmy McGill was. But that's an interesting idea as well, because that's what happened as well between these two timelines is the internet happened, right? So between, what was the, sorry, what is it, Chris, 2006 or 2007? Uh, 2004. Okay, so yeah, and even earlier. 2008 is when, like, the Breaking Bad. Right. Uh, so then, 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 and so by the end of this, everyone has, like, a regular phone, like we all have, right? So it's 2011 or whatever. So yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, and she's got her little device, of course. It's like OnStar, so they're right there. All the technology is there to help her catch him. Is she a transformer? What's that? <laughs> is she a transformer? Why? OnStar? Oh, what? I mean, the, the thing in the car, you know, OnStar? It's life alert for old people. Yeah. yeah. Is that what that was? I don't know. It's lifeline. It's a lifeline, right? The same thing, though. It's a person on the other uh, yes. end. Yes. yes. On stars for cars. It's the same <laughs> thing. It's a button that you press to talk to a person. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was that was great to see. And I think I love that that's what brought him in. I love that it was after all the stuff, after all that craziness uh, that he goes through. And that's like that whole I, – I did enjoy – the montages were excellent. The montages are always excellent. I did enjoy, like, when he was getting back to it, he had to make money, so he gets back into that scam and going in and doing the, 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 the identity theft is what they were doing when they're taking all the photos of the IDs and stuff, or is it just for fake IDs? I don't know. It's all it was identity, Yeah, identity theft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, all that stuff was great, and then so close, and all those, like, getting caught, they're almost... <laughs> the guy drives, into the, drives right into the other car or whatever. That was so funny. Um, I lost my train of thought now, but yeah, all that was just amazing. And then, uh, but also shows, I, I remember now, it also shows how quickly it all came back to him and how like he could just snap right back into that, right? After working at Cinnabon for how many months or years or whatever, he can just go right back into the, the cons, slipping Jimmy's back, right? That was amazing. Uh, there was, of course, we should also mention the uh, department store heist. Um, did you see that episode, Dan? I don't think the I did. Go, go ahead though. Um, and that's where, um, uh, Gene starts enjoying the criminal life I, and by by training um, training Jeff and uh, his buddy and um, and ripping off the the, the store um, the oh, department store yes he's working in the mall and he has it it's like the dirty you know the dirty dozen when he's like okay they have the model and he's like you're gonna go here <laughs> then I'm gonna shoot from over here and then so um, except uh, Jimmy or Gene has built a life-size maze, and they rehearse walking through the store, running through the store to get the to, to get the clothes in a certain amount of time. And I was like, there. Um, and that that also reminds me that there's many allusions to movies, literature. Um, you know, H.G. Wells, for instance. Of course, uh, there's that prominent uh, Chuck with the book, um, and um, allusions to Frankenstein where uh, Jimmy has created a monster that is now going to strangle him. The monster called Saul <laughs> is going to strangle him. And I also, I, I, I just said, oh, I, I kind of hope that, that uh, Gene got away or ran a little bit more. But in the previous episode, they do bring him to the brink of some extremely serious crimes. Like he's about to hit the guy in the head in the house right. that he's in. Yep. The, the the cancer patient, the person getting chemotherapy, is going to hit him in the head with a heavy urn and presumably kill him if he has to. 
and he is wrapping up that phone cord. We all know it was going through his mind. He came this close to killing national treasure, Carol Burnett, this close. So they did bring him, they did bring him to a place where I think most viewers would say he now he must, he's too close. If he continues doing what he's doing and he doesn't get locked up, something really, really bad is going to happen, worse than what we've already seen him do. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you're right. He had to pay for his crime. As fun as it is to watch him run, uh, yeah, ultimately he had to pay for his crime one way or another. But I still think seven and a half years sounds pretty good. I still, or whatever it was, seven years. <laughs> I, sure. I think he still could have had redemption and taken seven years. But to be fair, he's going to be running that prison in a couple of months. Like, you know, he he's going to be the king of the, well, yeah, that's, I guess, what they yeah. showed us. But, but yeah, like, he's not going to have any problems. 86 years, he's just going to live <laughs> <laughs> live there right that's where he lives now and have all his friends and everybody probably you know whatever yeah i would like to see that yeah in 10 years let's see that again that's a good idea i think i think we will yeah. i think there will be something somehow somewhere i think that that um in the same way that it was nice to see the breaking bad characters again yeah. i think it's you know now that now we've established kind of how this universe works i think um that could be really interesting yeah i think uh they all enjoy working together so if someone's gonna, you know, offer them money to actually work, you know, work together again, I don't think they would pass up on it. Uh, you know, Netflix did the El Camino Jesse movie, and that was really good. Like it was like we didn't need it, but if Netflix is gonna pay you a lot of money to make a two-hour movie, why not? Yeah, and you get to work with your friends again and your and your crew. Why would you not do that? So I think they even yeah, the interviews they've done, they all seem on board of like at some point at some point down the road. They would be open to it, and I'm sure if uh, Peter Gould and Ben Skilligan are writing it, if it's a two-hour movie to see what's happening with Kim and Jimmy and any other characters, uh, fans would watch it and they would be on board. So anyway, it'd be interesting to see what they would, could do next. I think uh, yeah, Bob has a six-episode season uh, series coming up next year on AMC. It's a more humorous show, but I think he would definitely come back to uh, Saul Goodman at some point. Yeah, and I want to say, can I come back to your question of what it's about, Kenton? Um, I think it's about human nature. I think it's about all the different possible personalities and and behaviors that are out there and and where somebody, and again, it's about change of character. It's similar to Breaking Bad, and it shows how Walter White, what was it, Mr. Chips to Scarface or whatever that thing was? It's a similar thing, Uh, but he can go back, right? He goes back. That's the other thing. Well, he actually kind of finds a bit of a middle ground in the end, I guess. Um, But there's also other aspects of human nature that the show the show depicts really well. I loved it was so horrible to watch, but Kim's existence out like in where working at the sprinkler factory, or whatever, is so like monotonous and so boring. And you're just like, oh my God, this is awful, Kim. What's going on? <laughs> you just wanted to get out of that. And it was just so well, so well portrayed. And I've been there. I've been in jobs like that. I know exactly what that's like. That is real. It's real human existence we're seeing here. And and so I like the little details. The show like takes its time with that stuff. It like you know it, it just it plays out a scene. We just see see somebody getting ready for work, whatever that is, and it's just so perfect. I really enjoyed that part of it. Well, that was one payphone call that changed the course of everything. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. that one phone right. call. Because uh, so much happened, uh, it spurred Kim to go confess. And then in, in light of her confession, it spurred uh, Jimmy to do the same thing. So a lot came out of that phone call. And, but you're right, Dan, like they, they showed her incapable of making a decision. You know, 
ice cream. What ice cream flavor do you want? I don't know. They're both good. What, what? And she's doing a puzzle, a blank puzzle. She's putting together. It's just all, it's just, it's sort of like a non-life, a non, a life of no decisions, of no agency, of nothing, because she's been so traumatized by that whole experience. Yeah. You know, so yeah, the sprinklers, uh, the episode called Waterworks for more, for, for more reasons than one. Okay. But I, yeah, I, I agree. I thought, I just thought seeing Kim again, it was weird. In, a, in some ways the break worked for the show because we hadn't seen, you know, like some of these, you know, we were wondering where, where's Kim now? What happened? What's going on? And all of that stuff. And then the little break and even the breaks from seeing characters from episodes to episode. So then when you see the character again, it really felt like a huge passage of time had occurred. So, and I thought with Kim, it really did to see her, the new hairstyle, the new boyfriend. I <laughs> love that guy is. Oh man. <laughs> um, Chris, any, uh, uh, any other thoughts about the episode before we wrap up, I guess we get closer now we're here. Probably over now. Um, yeah. Just, I think nobody does montage montages better than that show. Like they've mastered it. Uh, I could just literally watch a supercut of every montage they'd ever done, and that would be entertaining the most shows out there. Uh, they, I, I think, just having that crew for the last fifteen years, more or less, it's obviously it's just they're they've just perfected how to produce quality television, and uh, it's a shame that it has to end. But obviously, you want this—you don't want it to go for too long, and then. You know, we, we become Dan and have no interest in the show and miss out in the final episode. <laughs> they lost me. They lost me before then, hey? But that's, I mean, guess that's on me. And then maybe I, the regret I do have, I do have regrets. Talking about regrets, we had that scene where uh, Walter White talks about his regrets. Um, and I guess my regret is that I didn't watch it live with you guys. I kind of felt bad. And I saw Kentinger making some great TikToks about it and, and, and tweeting about it and stuff. And I just t- totally spaced out and I was too caught up in TikTok to, to, care i guess so I well that's the media the media world we live in is there's a um, lot going on right yeah if you if you pick something up that's new you give something else up at this point i've noticed that too Mm -hmm. where um with music in music in particular when you've collected like me when you've collected a lot of tangible music (laughs) records or whatever um it becomes harder to do that and reading reading as well it becomes harder to do the thing that takes longer to do but that gives you the biggest reward and um, i think saul is going to be rewarded with time because people are going to watch it on netflix they're they're going to come people who never watched it are going to come to it late and they're not they're going to be blown away by it and if if um and i and i admire that they have that opportunity to do that because the thing, part of the thing that I loved about Saul, but that was almost torture, was the short seasons and just waiting for the next season. And there was that one, remember there was that long, long break when, when they did El Camino instead of continuing with Better Call Saul? And I was like, what are we doing this for? Like, I, let's finish the, it's so good. Like, And then El Camino was, eh, it was all right. But I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't pressing that I thought in the way that that Saul was. I also think I was never happy with the Breaking Bad finale. I always thought that what Saul was going to show us was that Walter White indeed had lived, though most people did not think that he did. Um, but no, no, I guess I guess he really is dead. Um, I think what I like about the Saul ending more is that it didn't do that. 
It didn't make us go, oh, well, this is, here we go. In 10 years, it'll turn out blah, blah, blah. Or like different people seeing something different in the finale. It's a clear cut ending where, 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 we, where we leave them in a certain place. And if we, if we, maybe we'll go back there to see them. But I always thought Breaking Bad was felt like it was rushed over that hour. Uh, it just, I, I just, it was too much for that, for the time period they had. Whereas the way they planned out Better Call Saul unfolded in such a methodical and such a well thought out way that right up until the last episode, you're, you're wondering, how could this end? And there's a 20 different ways that it could end. So, and, but Chris and Chris earlier said, you know, we know, we kind of know the ultimate fate of some of these characters and yet it still kept us hanging on. Um, it still kept us guessing right until the very end. And I've actually, I actually saved the last episode, which I'll watch again sometime. I'm just sort of hanging on to it. I don't want to overdo it and watch it too much now, but I still think that uh, we'll see other things in it if we watch it again, because mm-hmm. it just seemed like there's too much, there's too much to comprehend in one finale and too much to get my mind around with the thunder and lightning out and worrying that my TV was going to do what Chris's did. <laughs> you know, there's just too much. There's too much stress. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I will eventually watch those three episodes that I missed. And you're right, when it does go to Netflix, when it's widely available to everybody, which will probably be a couple of years, to be honest, because AMC seems to be wanting me to milk this for all it's worth right now. Um, but yeah, people will pick up on it. It'll be like Breaking Bad. That's how Breaking Bad got, the, you know, AMC forgets this. This is how Breaking Bad became popular, is on Netflix. So you, you have to put the episodes there where people are going to already be there, because they all everyone has Netflix, and they'll watch it. Better there than on AMC Plus. Now I have I to cancel my subscription. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I don't understand the AMC Plus business plan of the episode airs and then it's on demand for a month and then it's gone while the season is still going on or if not. But like, just leave it on there for six months. And then six months after that or whatever, it's on Netflix then. Do you have... Yeah, I, so I, that's why I watched it live, because I'm not risking anything. Well, now, yeah, I guess now I know, right? That I didn't really uh, understand at the time that was that, that was the problem. But yeah, now it's like, God. They, but that's the thing. That's what they want. They want to force us to the live broadcast. And yeah. I, I'm, I've got, you know, I got things to do. Yeah. But I just, predator it, movies to watch. Yeah. I, I will say Prey was good. I like Prey. I love Prey. Prey was an excellent film. That's probably my favorite one, actually, out of all of them. But, but when you think about, like, a Better Call Saul show, the easy show is a half-hour comedy where he's dealing with his clients and he's dealing with the law system and then maybe we get a sense of some other Breaking Bad characters and that's easy like it's a slam dunk it's easy like we're going out for lunch like it's not a stressful show whatsoever and then they force themselves probably to like hours and hours and like days and days of trying to figure out how do we get this character out of this corner that we've written ourselves into and having an hour-long drama and like doing like a, a true prequel origin story which don't always work out we've seen enough and the fact that they were like, no, we're not going to do the easy idea of a, of a Better Call Saul show because they called it Better Call Saul and there's no Saul for 90% of the show. Um, so the fact that they had the, the thought to do that and then um, perfect you know, or, or just accomplish such an amazing show, uh, it's like, it'll never see anything like that again. Maybe when they do another show, they'll top themselves. But uh, the fact that, yeah, we could have gotten an acceptable, uh, you know, comedy, but instead we got one of the greatest dramas of all time uh, is amazing. 
So you can't, uh, Chris, I want to see that show still, though. I want to see that comedy show like where he takes the clients on. We, we didn't really get to see that. That's the one thing, hey? We didn't get to see him do a lot of client work in the end. Like, we did. I do feel kind of, uh, uh, and I obviously admittedly missed the episode where he did the transformation, but we did not get a lot of Saul in this, right? So, no. but maybe that shows us that Saul really wasn't, like, he was always Jimmy, and Saul, you're right, Saul really was the mask. And we did get, and maybe this is the whole thing is to drive us back to watch the original series again, and so we get to see him again. Again, as the original Saul, as we first were introduced to him. So, you mean, it was good. It was a lot of fun. And I don't know, maybe I will get around to watching uh, Breaking Bad again one of these days. Yeah, I think I, I think that would be really interesting to do now. By the way, I do think I read somewhere or saw somewhere that Better Call Saul was going like at with, I think in the UK or something, they get Better Call Saul on Netflix right away oh. as it airs, as it, as it airs in the U.S., so we should uh, tell our listeners we're in Canada and um, like many, most of them are, but um, you never know, like part of what's terrible about being Canadian and there's lots, but part of us terrible about being Canadian is finding where your shows are. Right. It is just, it's, it's reached some kind of, like we have stuff on Disney plus that has no business being there, but I, I'm glad it's there so we can watch it, but it's the only market where that happens. So you tell me what's going on. I also think because Crave owns HBO, I think, or what, or, or operates that brand, I think there's a lot of confusion. So I would just like that to be simplified for Canadians and whatever, whatever other market gets tortured like we do. We should have another uh, battle of the streaming uh, discussion because I would like to talk about like what the current situation is as far as the streaming platforms. It's really kind of a mess out there right now. Uh, yeah. I think a little bit. There's a lot of choice and uh, and it's difficult. So I have to make sure I remember to cancel my AMC Plus now. Otherwise, they're going to freaking charge me another ten bucks. Uh, which I'm not. Although I was thinking about watching that Moonhaven show before my subscription is up. Is that good? Is, Chris, have you watched that yet? Moonhaven. I have it, but. Uh, I've- I think the reviews were good. Like it's decent. I, it looks good. I love moon stuff. I love all that stuff. That's what got me off <laughs> uh, for, for all mankind. And honestly, Apple TV plus let's end some, with some recommendations since we're, since we're uh, back together, meeting nerds and all that kinds of stuff. Let's do another round of recommendations. I will say on Apple TV plus, not just for all mankind, but severance is so yes. good. It's amazing. It's just mind-blowingly good. I'm I'm just taking it a little bit. I'm only like on the third episode right now, but I'm just loving it so much. So severance is really good on Apple TV plus. You watch it, Chris? Yeah, I watched it every week. I was, you know, it's oh, it's eight o'clock. It's now live on the, the app. Uh, it's probably after Saul, my favorite show of the year. Mm. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to more seasons of it. It was renewed, and it's been oh, good. Uh, the Emmys, you know, loved it. So it'll hang around for a few more years at least. And the writer has mapped out the show as well. Like he's been working on this for a long time. So oh, good. They hopefully won't run into any uh, any storyline problems. Well, let's hope that Apple TV Plus will last. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. the only thing. It's the only question. Although, I mean, again, if anything's successful, it can always go to a different network, right? And yeah. Netflix could pick it up, or another thing could pick it up. So, who knows? I just want to recommend uh, Tinderbox uh, by James Andrew Miller. It's the entire like sixty-year or 50, sorry, fifty-year chronicle of HBO. So all of the behind-the-scenes drama with the executives, and then all the how every show was developed, and all like the challenges initially that might have cropped up. Uh, and just talking about all the different technology that has developed over the years and how HBO embraced it or didn't embrace it, like something like Netflix, they kind of were skittish and it wasn't the right time for them at the, where, the, where it was their thought. Um, I, if, you like, if you like any of HBO's programming, uh, I highly recommend it. Say, say the name again one more time, Chris. That's Tinderbox. Tinderbox. Okay, great. 
by it's by James Andrew Miller, the same guy that did the SNL book and the ESPN book. Awesome. And with uh, the countdown clock at one minute and 55 seconds, I am going to recommend um, The Bear on Disney Plus. The Bear on Disney Plus. Um, it's on FX everywhere else, but not in Canada. It's on, it's on Disney Plus. We don't, and have, it, we don't have FX. Right. No, we do. No, we do. Yeah. Yeah, so you, I, I don't know, you tell me, but uh, it's about um, a, a kitchen staff in Chicago. It's not a reality show, it's scripted. It's kitchen staff in Chicago trying to improve their restaurant. And it is, uh, the episodes go by like a blink of an eye, they're so fast. Um, but I can't wait to see where it's going. It's just, it's, it's um, a joy to watch people working together to make something, and something's terrible, and we're gonna make it good. <laughs> Right. So, so yes, I've heard there. that one. I've seen the seen yeah. the ads for it, so I definitely check that out. Well, guys, thanks a lot. This was a lot of fun, eh? After the initial technical difficulties, things picked up. Yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> less than a minute ago, I'm gonna wrap it up. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadavonker. I'm Kenton Larson, and that was Chris Schiffman. Better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the ass.